Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about the screw tape letters, which is C.S. Lewis's 1942 epistolary apologetic novel about a demon nephew uncle duo who trip over their pitchfork dicks and fail to get one special dork into hell. <laughs> so, Katie, this is your pick. Why the screw tape letters? Uh, well, this was a listener request, so shouts out to Jillian and Jillian's grandma who recommended it to her. So we're in the circle of recommendations, and I am excited to continue that grandparent tradition. We're doing a lot of uncles, nephews, families, grandparents, so I'm excited <laughs> to continue that by saying that I also wanted to read this because my grandpa had a lot of deep cut lit wrecks uh, that he would give to me as a child and they were always like way over my head and this was <laughs> certainly no exception so he wanted us to read c.s lewis and there was just no mention of the jesus lion it was it was straight to screw tape so <laughs> which is not for children right and the jesus lion is absolutely correct <laughs> just clearing it up i'm just you know making sure i remember that <laughs> yes yes you have you got a handle on all of it but uh, yeah, it was it was just fully all about the screw tape letters, and those and the screw tape letters have imparted to much essential wisdom to me. Uh, it's a story about why you can never trust an uncle, which is uh, now more essential than ever. Um, <laughs> basically, it just reminded me of something that I'd like to now remind everyone else of, which is that God wants to make us all into large success sons but right. satan wants to keep you a mere fail nephew <laughs> yeah this isn't it's in deuteronomy or something right that exa- exactly <laughs> those words yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> fail nephew <laughs> yeah uh, we all remember that yeah uh, i think it's also in ephesians um <laughs> and i know that, that that sounds like it's all fun and games and it is all fun and games when the eternal forces of darkness are bouncing you on their knee and and letting you have just one sip of beer but don't tell your father and um like sure you can hitch your skateboard to the back of my pickup but uh it's just this once and if you get hurt we are saying that you were bike riding buddy yep yeah it's also uh as i this is sort of my hobby horse about the whole thing it's it's a tale of uh workplace misconduct and and unpaid demon internships and and also nepotism and obnoxious ladies who have a thing about toast so (laughs) yep (laughs) all of these all of these and more i hope we'll get into today it should be really fun i'm excited ladies and their bad opinions yeah, yeah, there's uh, definitely definitely a few sections uh, that take that to be one of the one of the key barriers to getting into heaven in this in this book, uh, which is you know that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but I actually just wanted to start with a note to listeners, uh, like if you were just like, oh, let me go looking for a podcast on my favorite Christian apologetic novel, The Screwtape Letters. Um, you know, and I can understand mm-hmm. how that's what the episode's going to be called. You could make that mistake. Just to note, we are sweary comic heathens and we will be doing dialectical materialism and literary analysis all over this book uh so if that's not your jab you have other reasons for being into this this book maybe another podcast would would be better for you just just throwing that out there hazard a guess maybe a different one (laughs) it's about fit 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. So for our for our fellow commie listeners, yeah, uh, I find Lewis fascinating, partially because he and what he thinks and why he thinks it is just so far outside my own worldview and, and politics. And, and I would say like hostile to my worldview and politics in a lot of ways. But he has just this enormous presence in the 20th century fantasy genre. And, you know, it just spawned the current, you know, that, that has not ended. Uh, and and pop, popular literary culture more generally, academic literary culture, too. I mean, he was, a, you know, he was, he was an influential literary critic um, of, of another Bad one. I mean, yes. Well, in fairness, though, I mean, I would say most literary critics of his era were Oh, authors. we've discussed Anthony Burgess and his wrong opinions. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for sure, for sure. So he uh, Lewis is not alone in being a dumb 20th century critic, uh, earlier 20th century critic. There were tons of those. Um, you know, I mean, he's an Oxford, Oxbridge Don and, and all that bullshit. Just, just to note, uh, I owned him real hard in a Milton paper for this dumbass opinion he had about Paradise Lost. And sorry, C.S. Milton is just way smarter than you, my dude. I have a note <laughs> in my like pencil notes in the back of my book that says bad reading of Milton. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. So I I I uh, yeah, I think we're, we're we're tracking the same kinds of things here. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, I've always just kind of wanted to learn more about him just cuz again, he is outside of stuff I tend to think about. I, there's also sort of some personal history with me too that I, that makes me think of Lewis as being weird in interesting ways. So I grew up going to an Anglican church, Episcopal church in the US. Haven't been in years, again, commie heathen. But like Lewis was an Anglican and yet his theology is just vastly different from anything that I encountered in that church um, and, his, and his politics too, like eschatology, demonology, Satan is definitely the most interesting part of Christianity has like fuck all to do with Anglicanism, certainly in the 21st century, but really even going back to the 18th century, like if that was your thing that you were not like a mainstream part of the church, um, that this is where like the dissenters and Puritans come from, of course. And, you know, I mean, so politically the priest at my family's church when I was growing up was one of the first women ordained in the Episcopal church. Uh, very liberal in the best sense of the word pro LGBTQ rights nowadays, like going to anti ice protests and sporting Bernie set stickers all over, all over her car, you know, and like, to be clear, there are tons of deeply reactionary veins in Anglicanism, but they tend to be of the Thomas, the tank engine capitalism is wonderful variety <laughs> and not whatever the hell Lewis is doing here. So I would yeah, love that, to like work your butt off and you'll get into this place where we are right just like do what your boss says <laughs> like you know. right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but lewis is doing different stuff and so i'm really kind of I, i'm really looking forward to talking through that with you guys okay so i i just knew that when we were going to be talking about some like weird english anglican opinions as routed through demons i was super on board to read this book I never read it before because like what the fuck context would you read this in as like a secular scholar except for the like admittedly very cool sounding Milton class that Tristan you just described like mm -hmm. sure that sounds like the right one yeah this book is so full of self owns I can hardly fucking believe it there's this addendum that we'll probably talk about that's like screw tape gives a toast is that what it's called Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Screwtape is giving this toast for like a bunch of newly minted professional soul burglars at Demon Eaton. <laughs> and if you 
are like me. You also think that schools like these are for insufferable, moneyed dingbats, and that perhaps it is a very good joke that this would be how education works Wait. in hell. Wait, Megan, I- I'm sorry. Are you burning Hogwarts right now? Like, because I thought that that was just this idyllic, like, wonderful fantasy that squares very well with like a good political vision of the world. Oh, yeah. You mean that like a <laughs> world where you get like sorted into houses by how good a person you are? Yeah, yeah. You didn't. You mean ne- yeah. neoliberalism in hat form? Is that what we're yeah, just, just yeah. Just put your dick in this hat, and it'll sort you into wherever you belong. Yeah, I mean, I think I may be the skeptic of the Etonian model. And yeah, I'm standing by that. Okay. I just, uh, I'm so sorry to, uh, to the people who think that that system of forcing people into close proximity, who their only co-defining quality is that they are rich. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Okay, so we also learn from this part that what will happen if we have state schools, which, by the way, in the C.S. Lewis, like, those are funded by taxes, and taxes are destroying the middle class, so, you know. Mm -hmm. If we have state schools, they will turn us all mediocre, and if there's anything that English people never are, it is mediocre. (laughs) Now, that's an opinion C.S. Lewis uh, would, he would agree with your ironic statement. (laughs) (laughs) well i've been watching the crown so if mediocrity is is a defining quality of anything it's there you go (laughs) (laughs) um i also really like i mean tristan you sort of mentioned a version of this in a different way which is like i like that c.s lewis thinks that you should never read a book as though it's like by an author or like written at a certain time in history or that it might have a context because a book is just like a holy object of truth. Mm. Amen. (laughs) And if I learned anything from my 84 years in graduate school, it is in the immortal words of Frederick Jameson, never historicize. Oh no, never, never. Um, Consensus. So basically, everything I think about what literary criticism is, C.S. Lewis. You're wrong, sir. Sir. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. I don't. I don't think we're going to be friends, sir. Are we? (laughs) Are we going to just say I read this for the truth parts? (laughs) Yeah. Truth. Truth. Not at all. You know. uh, Situation. A word object that might be taken for all kinds of. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Never historicize. This is the lesson of this episode, and please bear it in mind. Again, if you're still with us, you not our usual listeners, godless commie heathens, you might want to think twice before you continue. No, Megan said what she said, and so did Frederick Jameson, and so did C.S. Lewis. We're not historicizing <laughs> anymore, and that we're done with that shit. Uh, okay. That's yeah. a wrap. <sighs> It's going to be a shorter episode than usual where we're discussing <laughs> yeah. exclusively um, whether this book is true or not. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we're going to do from now on. We're going to go through all the books. We're going to find the truth parts. We're going to pull those out. We're going to – and then we're going to offer them as little nuggets of holy wisdom. And that's going to be the <laughs> podcast now. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. So today we are going to talk about how to situate this book historically and his conception of history. We are going to talk about its – religiousness and situating that. And we're going to parse some of its literary and technical devices. 
So, Katie, will you give us a summary of this little collection of aphorisms? It would be an honor and a pleasure to do so. So the book itself is a series of 31 letters from Uncle Screwtape to Nephew Wormwood. And unlike Absolute King Nathaniel Hawthorne, uh, C.S. Lewis declines to tell us how he came upon the uncle side of this correspondence. But nevertheless, (laughs) we have it. And... (laughs) But and also I want to say like the not having a nephew side is probably fine because as we'll see by the end, they're only capable of doing fuck ups and generally bungling everything they touch. Yeah. And also screw tape turns into a giant centipede in the middle of the book. Because <laughs> yeah, he gets so, so mad, he gets so mad at his failed nephew, he turns into a centipede, which honestly, who among us has not, you know, fantasized? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought the bug becoming in general was like a, a Kafkaan traumatic <laughs> rupture and i learned something new which is that it can really happen in a lot of situations yeah, yeah, yeah i mean just hey just try having a fail nephew and see what you know, see yeah <laughs> see if you don't become a centipede but anyway i'm gonna give i'm gonna do this in the style of the letters themselves not really but i'm just gonna give you kind of the brief takeaway messages from the letters so the first letter uncle uncle screw tape i just can't I just want to say Uncle Scrooge. Uncle Screwtape is giving some advice about how to get this guy, who is referred to only as the patient, over to their side, the demon side, the fun side, where Satan is playing and wearing sunglasses and being cool. So Screwtape's first letter says, listen, here's what you have to do. You got to get this guy to focus on just ordinary shit, things like physics and scratching your ass. So he's contemplating the earthly. Then by the time we get to the second letter, though, things have gone slightly awry as the patient has converted to worshiping Jesus, who I am given to understand from other literature I've read is an enormous lion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's voiced by Liam Neeson, which I'm pretty sure that uh, C.S. Lewis would take umbrage to an Irish person voicing Mr. Jesus. No, No, he was a big fan. he He was born in Belfast, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was always like he was always looking for Irish people um to hang out with who lived in England because he was like I can't handle these fucking English people. Really? Like, I, this comes as yes. a surprise, but I also, you know, I appreciate having been owned. That's like fine with me. <laughs> I mean, l- listen, we're all going to be dunking on each other. It's a circle of life. Lewis is <laughs> playing a harp sitting on a cloud and smiling beneficently at all the dunks, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So then we get some sort of advice here. He tells the he tells nephew to get this guy to go to church because the collection of wet dipshits in the pews who put their hands directly into the bulk can, food containers at the grocery store will surely convince him that there is nothing to Christianity. Mm-hmm. In the third letter, which I refer to as mom is being like a total bitch right now, yep. screw tape encourages Wormwood to focus on his mother's shortcomings, and um, that will bring him over to Satan. In the fourth letter, he instructs he also nephew- tells he tell he gives Wormwood the story of passive aggression. That's the whole. That is just that's all the way down. There's a real A plus instance of that when we get to when we get to the 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 wife incident, which oh, I yeah. will, yeah. <laughs> which I will uh, uh, give us some info on. Okay, so he also says some stuff like, uh, 
war, it's bad, don't make sure he doesn't get into it, but not for the reasons that you think. It's because you don't want him to uh, get any beliefs that would lead him to Jesus. Also, you don't want him to die too young. No, that's also that that comes up later too. Uh, that that's an urgent refrain. I also have to. I'm sorry. I will. I will keep my urge to just own C.S. Lewis under control for most of the summary. But I have just had to say that is an amazing thing to say in the wake of World War One, the most pointless conflict yep. in the history of the planet. <laughs> like, what? Believe what? <laughs> that our fucking inbred rulers are bloodthirsty psychopaths that just killed twenty million of us for the for the the lols you know (laughs) yeah i think i think lewis was with that though i know and the fact that i agree with you makes it even weirder you know but anyway (laughs) yeah but no i know that's for the like please don't kill millions of russian peasants part with like in principle i think he was with that uh okay all right let's okay (laughs) let's see let's see I'm going I'm just, down this trail with you, and I'm just gonna wait. I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to to talk about Bohemian Grove. God damn it! I have beliefs, and the beliefs are all in Katie. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> has has Wormwood gotten to you, Megan? Um, okay. He also says to get him into politics, but again, not for the reasons you would expect, like that if he were really involved in politics, he'd have to do uh, all the owl shit at Bohemian Grove and all the Little St. James trips are very tiring. But because if the dude has lots of opinions that he would share on Twitter in modern times, this will distract him. (laughs) He also counsels his his nephew about the law of undulation, which disappointingly (laughs) to me was not about belly dancers. It's about the times when he's depressed. You want to get him when he's depressed, when there are a bunch of supermarket brand cans of empty seltzer littering his bedroom and he is a sad individual. His other advice includes to kind of convince him Christianity, that's a phase. You know, it's not a phase, getting horned up, capitalized on this nephew. (laughs) You should also encourage his friendship with rich weirdos and funny hats who have spirit cooking dinner parties. He also regales us with a meditation on jokes. He counsels that dirty jokes are fine with God. Flippancy, on the other hand, danger Will Robinson. More advice here. Introduce him to gateway drugs, little teeny weeny sins. Also, make sure he never nuts because if he experiences real pleasure, they this will lead to the understanding of what is actually real. I may have missed the point on this one. Yeah. Okay. Like I I don't know. Uh that was I guess an interesting. Uh well, it's definitely not like asceticism because he is a uh, asceticism I should say because he is a uh, you know very into this idea that like well pleasure is godly because God produced it but it's like false pleasures that are I mean so that was kind of like okay I can see how people would find this interesting as a theological point. But I did the that like he that like oh well asceticism is the real danger and yet like this is just the death of I don't know possible anyway okay I'll I'll, I'll shut up. I promise I'll shut up. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's partly, at least for me, is that like there a lot of that shit is just like completely random interpretations. Like, oh, like it's okay to drink when you're happy, but not to drink when you're sad. 
Right, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, <laughs> like depression is like, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, that uh, is a gateway for like Satan or something like that. But yeah, and, and again, I mean, with the, the world, the, you know, aftermath of World War One, World War Two started, thing, the whole thing with flippancy, I don't know, maybe this posture that like, oh, like, oh, you think that like meaning has died in this pointless conflict oh, that we had. That's true. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, but yeah, it kind of did, man. <laughs> like, <and it's>, you know. <laughs> well, like therein lies the thing about why we have this book and not like a different book from C.S. Lewis, because yeah. he was totally he was like totally disillusioned with with everything. And yeah. then he found his way back to Christianity. And then mm-hmm. it gave him like then then we get this Lewis that we have that there was two roads diverged in yellow wood. And he took the one that Jesus was on. Gotcha. Yeah. Not the one that Mr. Marx is on, as he should have. He, but okay. he saw the <laughs> also like a million billion people in 1942. You know, it's not like they weren't there for him yeah. to hang out with. He just hung out with the wrong people, <laughs> the wrong crowd. Yeah, the wrong. Yeah. Speaking of the wrong crowd, the, the segue, segue. Uh, that you don't just ride them. They're they're things you can do. <laughs> what you want is for him to not fall in with any crowd. Make sure he's extremely annoying. Satan wants you to be a humble bragger who who thinks very, very highly of yourself. And also you have to make sure that he is not doing any mindfulness. You want him to be living in the future where there is sin and possibly flying cars. <laughs> and uh, to further to, to further encourage that he doesn't fall in with the wrong crowd being any crowd, you should encourage him to go church hopping, to look for uh, neat stuff to do on Sunday right. mornings. Then there is also, I mean, I can't even get into the advice in this chapter, but there is just a chapter about this annoying lady who wants toast. And the point is that she's like going around to all of her friends' houses and bitching about the toast and tea they give her and the meals that she gets at restaurants. And she sounds like a nightmare. And this is actually demonic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I also like that that she does that because like she used to, she remembers the toast she had in her youth. (laughs) As better than, in fact, it used it was. Yeah, right. And 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 actually, I I no, I I am down with with Lewis here. Other than the like extremely grossly gendered way that he thinks this all breaks down. Uh, in that, like uh, anyone, if you talk to anyone who was ever a waiter, they will tell you that this person is the worst person in the world. Right? Like oh, they, yeah. they, and that they very much exist. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they are. They are real. The existence of Satan, we can have a debate about, but these people are very real. These restaurant annoyers. He also suggests he turn the patient into a guy who is obsessed with being in love. Need I say more? Those guys are annoying as fuck. (laughs) Um, He also gives some more advice. God doesn't really love humans. He is just sliding into the DMs and they're not sure what the Lord is up to there. Mm. Then we get some advice on chastity. Screwtape says, don't worry if throwing out all of his chastity devices and belts uh, keep this guy from getting nasty. Just get him married. This is also devilish because that equipment is expensive. <laughs> I'm I'm going to sort of wrap the rest of this into a bow as quickly as I can. But uh, so Screwtape also says, listen, God made a world full of lollipops and gumdrops, and you need to turn those into weed gummies. You got to just twist it a little. Yep. So get him for Satan. <laughs> Historical Jesus. We cannot historicize Jesus. So have him watch one of those History Channel documentaries about 
the historical Jesus, and this will give him the wrong idea about religion, and those History Channel documentaries will basically give anyone the wrong idea about anything. So I think he's onto something here. He also – so I'm going to just skip a few things, but one piece of advice that I thought was really good was that Screwtape tells Wormwood to kind of convince him to be be like a – after you, my dear, no after you guy until until both he and his wife get so pissed off that they get a divorce and he goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He also says, like, cut maybe again, turn him into a weed guy. Make him question what reality even is, man. Yeah. See, I mean, because <laughs> me as a heathen, I'm like, okay, so critical thought is the problem. But I know, like, you know, more quote unquote serious theologians would be like no it's that you have a mistaken idea of what critical thought is we do critical thought all the time it's like okay okay <laughs> all right yes i mean i i i that i can't i i'm i'm nor am i a christian but like that i can't think about like well jesus was a real person because that'll send me down the slope is a little like i'm having a very hard time with this i mean well, well i mean you for for lewis the historic like anything on earth is not real this is not real none of this shit's real you think it's real not it's not real man none of that's real yeah well and and i yeah no i, I know and, and it, it does it also does help to have at least one of us like sort of uh aggregate us in a, in a like well okay so th- this is what he's trying to say because you know otherwise it just would become a, a dunk fest by you know like Chris and I are uh, really really trying to fly <laughs> off that handle so you're gonna have to keep us but clung on no, and and I don't mind a dunk. I don't mind a yeah. dunk fest. I think dunk fests are good, well, but like, but fish and barrel shooting parties are like other matters. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, of course. I, and and yes, exactly. For and for one thing, fish and barrel shooting parties get boring. Um, but I would uh, and how bore. Oh, we don't want to be bored because then you know we're Satan. That that's how Satan works. Um, that's true. But no, I just like it's interesting though because like he definitely like it is definitely a very specific strain of Christian thought that he wants to do. Although again, I think that that is a little bit incoherent because he kind of wavers amongst them. But that idea of that like you that we have to stay with the transcendent ideal, right? Like that's the fucking like Platonist aspect of Christianity, right? That is not. What, I mean, there is Christianity that is much more invested in like quote-unquote real material experience claims of faith and like but lewis is well that's dumb you don't want to do that right like and he actually cautions you against like so i mean because he, he, he thinks this isn't like a heavily doctrinal thing but i actually feel like there are a lot of times in here when he's like no you want to make sure that you keep him away from the right christian doctrine but it's fine if you send him down these like false christian doctrines right no, exactly. And it's like weird. I di- actually, I didn't realize this when I was reading, but the thing about the real is why I uh, wanted to connect it to Edwards a little bit because he basically has the same fucking idea as this guy who had diarrhea to death in you – know, he didn't actually. He did not die of diarrhea. He died of a smallpox vaccine. But, um, <laughs> but in any event, he has this like very old ass idea about what real shit is. Yeah. Well, speaking of real shit, um, the way this ends <laughs> is that uh, Wormwood is not successful in getting this guy not to go to war. The last time we see him, he the the patient gets um, blown up and he goes to heaven. And congratulations, Wormwood, you fuck up. Your uncle is now going to eat you as a result. Yep. Yeah. That's how it ends, on a snack, which I think we can all get behind. <laughs> no, that's true. 
the eating of demons. Yeah. <laughs> also, I you know because this is uh, Katie. I think you said that like you 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 see this as a workplace comedy, right? Uh, like you're you you fuck up at work, so your boss gets to eat you. There, you know. There's that. <laughs> yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which honestly, hey, neoliberalism, am I right? But yeah. I was thinking like that's not actually that far from uh, from a lot of our current uh, situations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Uber is going to make you accept that uh, on the app. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't drive for them. Yeah. We can eat you. We reserve the right. So now give us the context because we got to know. I I have to keep myself squared up and not just be barrel shooting. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to. Uh, barrel shooting actually sounds fun. Now I regret. You should <laughs> go, go set up some tin cans in the backyard and just do your thing. So is his like version of politics that i mean as i saw it it's like if you have a committed christianity you can't have other like strongly committed ideological practices i think that you're right about the framing for sure i think what he would say is that your other strong ideological commitments should stem from christianity and not be an add-on to them got it um or like that that should be the primary thing if that yeah that actually makes that makes perfect sense. Dank, dank. So there's this book that that C.S. Lewis wrote. It's called Mere Christianity. <laughs> it was originally a bunch of talks. They were given on the radio during World War II. So Lewis was an interesting guy. He was an atheist, and then he became super Anglican, and we'll talk more about that. But this happened because he had a long night playing footsie with Tolkien and this other guy named Hugh, Hugh Dyson. And he was trying to figure out how to reckon with life after his mom died and th- the war. And so the book itself includes a section about Christian behavior. Mm-hmm. And basically... Lewis's whole philosophy can sort of be or like political and religious philosophy can you can kind of get it from here because his main thing is just like do the golden rule. Right. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Right. He doesn't think that it's important to specify necessarily more than that, but he also says that the New Testament without going into details gives us a pretty clear hint about what a fully Christian society would be like. And he says like everybody has to work and they're and and um Sorry. <laughs> everyone should pr- and every sh- everyone should produce something good. Like we're not manufacturing stupid bullshit and we're not doing stupid advertisements and we're not going to have like fanciness or or pretending to be cool. But on the other hand, also, it's going to be like very, uh, high, you know, it's like still a hierarchical society. So he basically is saying we should we got to we got to share and share alike. So you have to and you have to give like you have to give to your neighbors. You have to it doesn't have to be through like giant charities, but you should be giving to everybody around you like more than you more than is comfortable to you. Like you should be spreading the wealth and he even says um to that extent a christian society would but would be what we now call leftist and he but he also says that it would include a bunch of conservative bullshit so (laughs) he concludes that um quite naturally this will piss everyone off he also says something that's that's really interesting there's a bit of advice given to us by the ancient heathen greeks 
and by the Jews in the Old Testament, by the great Christian teachers of the Middle Ages, which the modern economic system has completely disobeyed. All these people told us not to lend money at interest and lending money at interest. What we call investment is the whole is the basis of our whole system. Right. Um, yeah. So some people say that when Moses and Aristotle and the Christians agreed in forbidding interest or usury, as they called it, they did not foresee the joint stock company and were only dunking of the private money lender and that therefore we need not bother on what they said. And what he says is really frustrating after that. He says, this is a question I cannot decide on. But it's like clear that he he says, this is where we want the Christian economist, but I should not have been honest if I had not told you that three great civilizations agreed or seems to be so in condemning the very thing on which we have based our whole life. And did he succeed in finding this Christian uh, economist who might be open-minded about not doing investing? Uh, I don't <laughs> believe he was looking for one. He was like looking. He, he didn't get. He. I don't think he gave a terribly much of a shit. Right. Like I just don't think his question might be easily answered if yeah. he's speaking to a economic order of the 20th century. He says as far he says as far as he's he basically says the thing he says he's not saying. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, cuz cuz I mean at the la- like at the last minute he pulls back from making like a direct sort of political critique, right? Like and and, and, and but 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 he does kind of deploy this sort of like you know, sort of true, like truth claim, and you know, like kind of previous debates is this way of like, oh, I pointed you the right direction with the question, but I'm not going to weigh in. Can I just say, like, what they I, like in his, it, the, the basically like that he think it all boils down to the golden rule that, uh, and I promise I am not really dunking on Anglicans with this, but you know, having grown up in that faith tradition, I I feel like I can at least a little bit dunk on them or, or talk about like a common anxiety. So there, there's a historic anxiety in the in the Anglican church that basically Anglicans don't actually have much of a theology to speak about. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and that come, you know, like what are the origins of it? Well, Henry the right. uh, wanted to get a divorce and the Pope said, no, so I said, fuck you. I'm the new King. And like, and you know, and this is at a time but when like lots Mar- of religions are started for dumb reasons. Oh like- no, absolutely. But like within the context of Protestantism, right? This is exactly right around the same time mm-hmm. when Martin Luther is, you know, over right. in, in, in Germany uh, or what, you know, what, whatever part of Germany at the time, uh, West of Westphalia, right? Uh, it, this very kind of theological critique of, of the Catholic church. That's not, not the origins of Anglicanism, and you know, they're like I don't know. I know there's this famous quote by an Irish writer from the 20th century. I think Brendan Van, where it's like the foundation stones of your church are the bollocks of Henry VIII. Um, that, that's not <laughs> that is not wrong, right? And there are a lot of it. There has been a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, ways to uh, try to think through your way out of that. I mean, that that's kind of in a way what Puritanism was about. It was like, no, let's bring some fucking Calvinism over here and get our shit together around this. Um, and then like there are other ways in which you know. Like the Anglican, it's gone in really shitty political directions. I mean, it's the fucking plantation classes religion. It still is the Tory religion. But then, like that sort of amorphousness has also yielded a really liberal version of Anglicanism. Yes. You know, and and so I kind of feel like that. That's sort of like Lewis kind of tried to work through those anxieties about well, what the fuck is it that we believe. Um, maybe that's really uncharitable. But just as you were kind of like going through that, I was like, I, I know this. Like I, I like used to go to church kind of with this with this guy. You know what I mean? That doesn't strike me as uncharitable. You're just sort of like parsing what the religious 
I don't know, like, I know that, you know, never historicized, but that the religious traditions of the church have a, potentially can and have gone in a, like a lot of different directions as a mode of like seeking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And like the fucking, I, I don't want to, ha- I did, I did not mean to hamper the, hamper the dunks. Please, please dunk um, freely. <laughs> I and mean, it I will. think my issue with the dunks is that like my mini brain is like, he says, oh, this is, this is like this. And then I just by naturally being an intelligent person go, well, if you said those things, then the outcome would be that. And he's like, well, how dare you? Right. Thing, like, I'm not supposed yeah. to follow his logic all the way through. No, you here's the thing is like you yeah, you there's a there's a this is what's so like I fucking we we I wish we read the goddamn book where they go into furniture and wind up in a magical land. Um <laughs> I would read that too. Yeah, I yeah. liked it as a kid because I had no idea that it was no, about me, Jesus. Me too, me too, yeah. But uh, with Lewis, he likes the amorphousness of Anglicanism because he's also sort of like, yeah, no, like he's more like, yeah, Catholics are like, he's like, yeah, Catholics are fine. Like, whatever. He doesn't give a shit about any of that. When he talks about the church, he's not talking about the church church. He's talking about like the invisible church. Yeah, right. Okay. And that, which, and, and that, yeah. And sorry, that's another Anglican thing, right? Like the the, the Anglicans say the Nicene Creed, in which, like, you express faith for the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Oh no, we don't mean that Roman shit. We mean the Platonic <laughs> ideal of what that right. is. You know, like right? And, and be- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but that's why it's okay to like big C Catholics. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. They're um, weird. They got a which weird is like the funny man. part, and so. <laughs> it's something else going on <laughs> it's, it's real it's it's like a it's fucking it'll twist your brain into a pretzel but i think that trying to okay so i'm gonna say the thing that i was told in my impressionable youth which is that if you try to read religious stuff through a secular lens it'll want it's you're never going to be able to follow the logic of it like it'll it will never work you'll never find it because it isn't there and so like it's annoying to try to do it like it's that's why it's so frustrating because there's like a thing there's this unstated premise that you have to contend with every time you see one of these uh, primrose paths that megan like correctly like when you just read it doesn't lead anywhere yeah i will say too that like i I am kind of again as someone who's not you know not currently and has not been for some time part of any faith tradition. I'm down with different epistemologies and ontologies. That's fine. I guess like where I bristle is when it's like it feels as though it like it retreats to that kind of claim. Like this is a different epistemology, uh, you know, than, than you have uh, when it's convenient and then wants to touch on like my epistemology when it is when it's convenient as well. You know what I mean? That it, it kind of like it, there, there's a way and, and and i kind of felt like lewis was doing that a bit in this book which is the parts that made me mad that it's like oh no i'm not talking in the same terms you are when it was convenient to him but then like no actually i am talking to about your terms when it's you know convenient as well you know what i mean yeah no i i do and i think the thing is that when i when i when i'm saying that thing what i'm saying is like as a as a critic you know what yeah, i mean oh, yeah, like yeah n- not as like a 
Oh no, I, did, I didn't take you as being like that, that. That you were saying that that was no, that. You're not the apologist. It's yeah, just like yeah, a completely vo- reasonable provocation on your part to say like, yeah, yeah, it's fine to pull back and think about the reading technology that yeah. he's trying to advance. I just have a hard time living there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And and I think it's like I think it's I think it's hard. And I didn't. So I sort of didn't realize how or didn't remember how much of this book is that sort of like I, I remembered the goofy shit and I didn't, re- you know, like I I sort of like didn't remember all of the, apolo- you know, the Christian apologetics of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different book when you read like if you just take it, if you take it literally and don't read it the way Lewis wants you to, it's like a more fun book to read kind yeah. of. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I think so. Your work, your workplace comedy line, I thought was actually really helpful for me in that regard. Look, I, I just think it can. It's sort of like there's, there's, there's fun, there's fun to be had here, even though um we're just going to, to, to church all the live long day. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, like so one thing I definitely want to think about is what Lewis in this book thinks history is, uh, like capital H history, <laughs> lowercase history, and all mm-hmm. all versions of um, because I you know I I, I just think it's very comp- complicated. I also think it goes to like how like like I feel it comes from a theological question about what time is, but then gets into like more of sort of like a materialist question as well. Um, I should say the thing that I dunked on Lewis <laughs> for that Milton paper, which Victoria Kahn, famous Milton scholar, thought it was a good paper. So I, you know, <laughs> okay. So you're inherently <laughs> correct, and I, we will take that forever. Was uh, the last couple books of Paradise Lost are this fucking madcap whirlwind where suddenly we go through like uh, thousands and thousands of years of biblical history. And Lewis called it, uh, Lewis hated it. He called it an untransmuted lump of futurity and said it was full of bad writing. I actually said, like, no, mad. Like, the point that's being made is like kind of the cyclical nature of time and eternity which is sort of what you're saying in this book so i don't know why you have a beef with melton exactly but anyway, <laughs> anyway so. well, and he certainly ha- takes issue with even something like future orientation yeah. right yeah that's the thing except i think it the fact that it is future oriented from within its own sort of diegetic terms that really pisses lewis off and i'm like that is fucking crazy man um but so so letter 15 of, of the screw tape letters i actually think we get this this uh is something along that you know might point us down the wave of an answer to like uh, what the hell he does think he's doing so okay the humans live in time but our enemy which he always calls god and jesus the enemy which is kind of funny i guess <laughs> destines them to eternity he therefore i believe wants them to attend chiefly to two things to eternity itself and to that point of time which they call the present for the present is the point at which time touches eternity of the present moment and of it only humans have an experience analogous to the experience which our enemy has of reality as a whole in it alone freedom and actuality are offered them he would therefore have them continually concerned either with eternity which means being concerned with him or with the present either mediating on their eternal union with or separation from himself or obeying the present voice of conscience bearing the present cross receiving the present grace giving thanks for the present pleasure our business is to get them away from the 
eternal and away from the present. Uh, and then he says, you know, with, with this in view, sometimes we tempt them to live in the past. Sometimes we point them to the future and the future is really bad because that takes you the furthest away as possible from the present because at least the past, we know what fucking happened. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I a little bit follow that uh, it, just in terms of what it's saying about eternity that like God um, and incidentally, I actually thought this had some interesting things to say about how to think about predestination, um, but that God experiences and, and so I think to Satan, right? Because they're both eternal entities. Uh, they experience all time as happening simultaneously. Like it, there's there's not a linearity that humans experience. So like the present is that that the kind of the way that God would experience eternity. So okay, like if I cared about this sort of ontology, I might think that that was interesting. <laughs> But then he like does seem to make it about like kind of a real quote unquote real world historical claim of like, yeah, so you just like whatever, like politics are dumb because they have a future orientation, man. And that's, that's, that's demonic. We don't want to go down that path. Well, he says, make sure they sign up for like Christian humanism. No, scientific humanism, creative evolution. I don't know what that word, what those words mean, but okay. Or communism which fix men's affections on the future on the very core of temporality. And for me, like, and I'm sure I'm going to be wrong because I don't know what I'm talking about with this book, but like, it's something about how communism, and I mean this in an extremely nice way, has a future orientation that really is about a a certain kind of utopianism. Yeah. And and I, I say that like, again, like, that's a good thing. But calling for a, a future orientation with that's utopian, is antithetical to what he wants to do because it's like you can't have a utopianism of anything that's not based on this like present connection to the enemy as screw tape calls him right so it's like mm-hmm. having a having that notion of utopia is just like dumb and non-christian well this is what i think is super interesting is because like it, and i'm defending Lewis- communism's utopianism i just want to make oh, it yeah. Yeah, 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 okay yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not everybody listened to this has has listened to all of our episodes on how being a communism is about like really like utopian uh, way of thinking. Yeah, right. And I think that the thing is, is that it's a. I know this is like fucking weird to say, and it doesn't square. It doesn't square entirely. But the utopianism and the sense of community are sort of points that intersect with the way that Lewis thought. Like when when you say future, Lewis thinks of something different, but what he thinks of is more like eternity. Right. So there right. are yeah, like yeah, yeah. there there is a utopia. He wouldn't call it utopia. He says it's going to be with God in heaven. Like that's right. And if we have a Christian and, – and that you could in fact have a Christian society, a perfectly Christian society, and it still would all be fake bullshit because what's right. real is not this world. And and the future – like the sort of temporally future rather than kind of eternally future mm-hmm. uh, orientation keeps you – keeps you rooted in the sort of yeah the material uh, existence of the world in a way that prevents you like because that's your focus and that becomes like more and more your focus then that prevents you from seeing or thinking about in a serious way the kind of eternal future right like so that that that, that, that's the the problem with kind of utopian uh thought in in the kind of like you know like what's socialist utopians or 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 so or or or, or, you know that sort of thing is that it it basically it, it 
you get so fixated on the kind of like what Lewis would call worldly solution to problems that it has like no room or interest or capacity to see the spiritual uh, solution to, you know, the, the problems of existence. Well, and in a sense, it's always a future orientation, right? So it's like we we do, or, you know, people who don't do podcasts for their political jollies uh do do the work of getting to our utopia it's all now we all know our utopia is deferred like that that's it's necessarily a future orientation because like having the vision of utopia that we do in right now doesn't means that we can't have the simultaneity that lewis wants you to have of like the present and the infinite no yes and And that's my problem with that is that i despise of myself that I said the words the present and the infinite <laughs> like some kind of new age motherfucker well I, and I also just want to say too that uh, like you know our good friend Mr. Marx was quite critical of socialist utopianism which is not to say that he wasn't himself like kind of had a utopian vision for the world but like he's writing at the time there are all these like 19th century socialist utopians who basically yeah. wanted to go do the Blythdale romance and like forget the <laughs> uh-huh. world and, and Marx yeah, was yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally. no 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 this demands like upsetting and overturning capital as, as an epistemology as a hegemony and, and 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 what you're doing like that's fucking bullshit right but you're doing anyway. fun in the woods or whatever yes, the fuck yes. you think you're doing yeah exactly yeah yeah no that's like that's the thing so i'll say this if it's helpful the the, the way the way time works you know for in christianity is that so there's like secular diachronic time. It goes from the past to the future. I think we're all on the same page here. And then there's the synchronic time where there are all these layers of history and they're actually happening. They're like all layered on top of one another. And every moment is collapsed onto every other moment. And like you're being crucified on the cross with Christ if you're a Christian. Like there's all this. And then there's the eschatological time where it's like the ultimate – the the ultimate hit you know where we're all going end of the world end of humans whatever else Mm. and what lewis is saying is if you correctly understand time in the real what you'll understand is that like that in fact all the bullshit that you're doing is just fun in the woods what you should be doing if you want to get to something like like a just and equitable society is to focus on spreading the faith like uh, you also can't believe i'm saying that but that's what i'm saying it's coming that's out of my funny, mouth but he doesn't mean in, does he mean like in an evangelist way because it just doesn't read maybe it's just not in this book or maybe i'm interpreting it wrong no he had this really you're you're right to you're that's a great point because so he thought that politics were profoundly alienating and uh so he like refused this award that winston churchill wanted to give him because he was like no people will think i'm political if you do that he really just wanted to do the thing that would that he felt was like express his religious and moral beliefs in a way that would um get people down with it okay so well, and yeah. I, I, I will, I will give like an unreserved uh, shout out to C.S. Lewis for telling Winston Churchill to go fuck himself. I was like, completely, points now. <laughs> completely unironically there. Um, yeah, no, that okay. So then, I, I guess the question, like all of this tracks for. I mean, I understand it's, again, it's not my thought system, but I, I see, I see the sort of the inher- the internal logic of it, and, and that kind of thing. I guess then, what I wonder is like. How, you know, 
at the end of the book, when, you know, the guy, the, you know, the, the central dork dies in the fucking blitz where we're like right back in temporal history and like the sense that this is being written, you know, post this one cataclysmic conflict and at the beginning of this other uh you know i mean again 1940 like fascism is most certainly not on retreat at this moment (laughs) right like that you know it's just like for a book that has then this this like kind of detached sort of like eternal viewpoint that it wants to get us to and all the shit that screw tape and wormwood are doing to try to pull this guy out of and root him in the world the final turn back to the world then is just kind of like a weird choice logically for that you know what i mean that like it, it yeah. that, that we end back in the fucking blitz is where this kind of like but i but i mean so anyway i just i guess want to just throw that out there as a question like what what does it mean to to situate so clearly historically yeah 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 yeah, yeah. with no, no vagaries I, attached whatsoever i don't know that's interesting it's not like a the a war right like bigger you know war time is a thing we of many eras no it's like this war i think that's an artifact of it being about a guy you know mm-hmm. like they're concerned with a guy like getting a guy into hell mm-hmm. and that guy what a quinky dink he is you know living contemporaneously with with c.s lewis and all the people he wants to read his book <laughs> wait i we, think that's but we don't we're not supposed to recognize ourselves in this guy, right? Like that's actually quite interesting as a question to me. That is, yeah. Like no, as that, he's not that, a proxy. He is and he isn't. Like you can. Some of Lewis's life advice is sort of like, don't be a fucking pain in the ass and um, pull your head out of your rear end and quit giving your mother such a dang hard time and and don't be passive aggressive. Being- Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, thanks in advance. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. I just think that this character doesn't have sufficient like psychology for me to take him as anything other than like a generality. You're nailing it from Lewis's perspective. Okay. And, and, and yeah, right. And, and how could he? Because like he's only described basically as this project that's not that's not immediately present, right? Like we're never in his mind. We just get like screw tapes already mediated uh, version of like something that he did, right? Yeah. So as yeah. being mean from mean uncle POV, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So we get we get worm. We don't see what Wormwood said, but Wormwood gave some very sort of self serving account of what just happened, and then we get Meat Uncle giving another account of what Wormwood said about what happened. Right. So, <laughs> so it, it was just like, how could we create a proxy? Uh, uh, who is this door yeah. out of this? You know, like I mean, honestly, our proxy of this novel is probably Screw Tape, right? Because <laughs> I think who, so. I who mean, hasn't been? Who hasn't been mad at a fail fail nephew? You know, <laughs> damn right. But also, who has? like whether we i mean and i again it's like i find myself resistant to the ideas that are being marshaled here but i understand that like listening to them in this way is probably less repulsive for a general reader yeah 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 like i think that if if you were if you were like looking for something like this to scratch an itch You'd relate to him allegorically. You know, he's just like Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, whose name is Christian, and he's a Christian. And his wife, well, she's named Christiana, you know, like. (laughs) 
I, I just sorry. Sometimes I go, how the fuck did John Milton deal with being around such boring fucking dumbasses? Right, like like Paradise Lost is like a hundred and fifty thousand times smarter than like Pilgrim's Progress. It's fun. Is, right? it's, fun. it's oh, it's fun, and it's it's fun. I mean, I get like just I mean, extremely rich characters. I mean, Satan would be the best. I mean, God, all all of it. I mean, it's and and yet you know who he's like sort of dialogue with is john i mean maybe melton was just like i'm i'm happy being the smartest kid in the class you know Uh. so like i don't know like maybe you guys can help me with this but like i uh, i had a hard time here and maybe this is just a particular kind of evaluation that i made but like i recognize when it was supposed to be funny i did not find it funny but I recognize the qualities that a joke might have. <laughs> you did not think that the toast lady was funny. Okay, I did think that the toast lady I, was funny. I okay. I, I generally <laughs> agree with you, Regan, but just when he okay, so <laughs> when, he, when he turns into a centipede, right? I'm just gonna read this part. Like he he's just he's getting madder and madder at the failed nephew and he's talking about like basically how he's fucking up. He's like, okay, but but I admit we are not yet loud enough. This this is a section where he's talking about how noise is like what hell wants, like silence, like holy silence is bad. Uh or, or anything like it. Research is in progress. Meanwhile, you you disgusty little here the manuscript breaks off and is resumed in a different hand. In the heat of composition, I find that I have inadvertently allowed myself to assume the form of a large centipede. <laughs> I have accordingly dictated the rest of my, my secretary. Now the transformation is complete. I recognize it as a periodical phenomenon. Some rumor of it has reached the humans in a distorted account of it appears in, po- in the poet Milton with a ridiculous addition that such changes of shape are a punishment imposed on us by uh, the enemy. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's just I mean, that's like this dude getting so pissed off that he fucking poof turns into a centipede like he hulks out yeah, and-, <laughs> and, then, and then his secretary's bagging away at the typewriter because he can't finish because well, although why couldn't he? he's got a hundred he's got a hundred limbs now right but true he should be That's able to write true. much faster he should but he can't hold a pen and it's definitely he says it's in a different hand so it's like he's it's longhand um, in hell, we have no keyboards. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Well, right. That. That. Uh, and they don't serve beer. They don't serve that. They don't serve beer. And then, uh, what's that? Oh, I don't even know what it's from. Maybe, maybe you guys will. But the idea of, uh, like, oh, a feast in hell where like everyone has like a spoon that's way too long, and if only they realized that they could feed each other, they oh, they could right. eat. But yeah. But like, same. Well, this is this is that with typewriters, yeah. right? But uh, but I, I'll also just say that I, the idea. <laughs> Of the research department i did i mean that is kind of a funny satire of like corporate culture too right like but uh or or bureaucracy like maybe yes i think that's the shit that's funny about it like your boss is your uncle yeah. and he's going to eat you yeah. and he keeps writing you these weirdo letters about like how to fuck up th- this guy's relationship with his mother and how to piss his wife off and how to be annoyed at the smelly guy in the pew next to him so wait that <laughs> is supposed to be funny because that is not clear i just there's something about the humor here that doesn't work i liked although i will say that the sort of jokes and maybe it's just like whatever it's kind of but that the jokes on the at the expense of bureaucracy so like i'm on the same page as you tristan and when like his secretary is is toad pipe and because <laughs> he, he can't actually sign the letter 
so he says for his abysmal sublimity under secretary screw tape t-e-b-s etc so like i love the title abysmal sublimity under secretary <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah like that's that's it's like the minister of the inferior and yeah. like that's great yep yeah but those jokes just don't like if you can't if you can't by the time I get to the end and you're like oh there's eaten in hell but that's not funny right no that's funny it's funny to me it's not funny <laughs> to C.S. Lewis no I think it's funny to I I I it, it I think it is like I think that he's not a total he's not like entirely fucking humorless for like I I think that it's it he's not being he doesn't he, he's not saying there are demon uncles and nephews. No, wait, I know that. But I think, but I guess I, I, I sort of split the difference here. I think, like, make, I think whether the humor comes from is the idea of putting Eaton in hell. It's not that Eaton itself is a fucking risible, like, oh, endeavor, okay. you know what Got I mean? It. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at, at that, Katie, maybe, maybe you, uh, you have a different take on this, but like, I don't think Lewis. I mean, it's not like I feel like he's, but he's a fucking Oxbridge Don. Like, I don't think he's super mad at Eaton being around, right? Whereas, like, to me, it would have been, like, much funnier satire if putting Eaton in hell had then made some point about what Eaton actually is in in the temporal world. You know what I mean? So it's a different kind of joke than I want it to be is how I'm hearing this, right? So it's the version of a joke with it, which is like, Katie, what's the thing where it's like, things are funny because of the change in your expectation or like, the reason oh God, you yeah. watch something that's like a person about to play the trombone and then this like tiny little bird's noise comes out, right? Like <laughs> that it's like a, that is funny. That it's a your expectations are dashed or something. And so that's the joke there, right? Which is like eaten in hell, who knew? Like that's kind of funny. <laughs> right. And whereas the joke I want is like, of course eaten is in hell because eaten is already hell. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be funny and arch and a comment, not just like, oh, well, like slapped out, like funny, funny, right? Yeah, no, he. I think you're actually hitting on something really important because I think that C.S. Lewis actually like thought the same, like, I don't think he was, it's neat to be so rich that you have someone who buffs your ball sack, a special (laughs) servant just for that. Um, But his thing is that these annoying rich dipshits aren't, being christianably charitable to their neighbors and et cetera, et cetera. And, but he also doesn't want to alienate the Etonians because that will compromise him getting them to become Christian like he wants. So he has to like pull his punches weirdly, which like does fuck up the comedy. And so you have to like dig for it. No, that's true. (laughs) Is that it's like that. And that's why it pisses me off when he like, when I try and work my way all this way through this and I'm like, oh, this could be a joke. And then it's like, wait, where does it just, it's just right. Yeah. No, do, do you're, you're, yes. I think he wants you to make the joke. If you, if you're in, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I think you're going down a path. That's the right. It doesn't make path, the joke any better. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that it, it, it does something, it does anything to the quality of the book, but I just think like you're pointing out something that's good to, th- it's interesting to think about. <laughs> it's just not like, yeah. I want it to be funnier than it is. And it's jokes are just like, you know, moms, right? 
I know, but like that's the that's the joke is that like the devil thinks thinks mom's right is gonna like that's the key to you right. can get someone to hell if you just get them to think enough thoughts that are like mom's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. like now yeah. that is a much funnier joke. Well, yeah, and, and I guess it too, like, I don't know. And again, this could be my own sort of like uh, experience growing up in, in this particular religion, but like, it's hard for me to take any of the sort of hell demon claim seriously just because that is not something mainstream Anglicans give any shits about. So, like, to me, then that also, like, as far as the humor and structure that, like, and also the fact that, like, he's like, he has that one, like, bonkers claim. Uh, I think it's a screw tape proposes a toast where it's like, although I think he says something similar in the, in the, in the main text where he's like, oh, too bad we don't have any real villains anymore. Oh, like, yeah. that, that the whole world is so sort of mundane. And it's just, it's so fucking like, I mean, it is kind of funny in a way, the idea of like Satan, the dark lord, <laughs> the dark prince, spending all this time getting you to, like, you know, be snide with your fucking mom (laughs) and so and so like and so i do wonder if like if you were reading this from like as a kind of church going anglican or you know something like that uh yeah i will it it doesn't have like a scatology and demonology so front to to the theological perspective if that isn't already priming you to be like oh why that's not how god works that's 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 quite a that's quite wry observation on your part (laughs) sir you know like (laughs) yeah I think it's also. Anyway, I mean, I, it's, such not, a, it's not my brand of food humor, but right, know. maybe it's just not my brand. I mean, and I think that I'm so hung up on his like literary criticism as being like a truth access point that that's part of what's like fucking me up too. Is that he does, yeah. and that seems to me to be like kind of unironic when he's talking. This is 150, and he's talking about like inculcating the historical point of view. I think he really is talking a lot about like there's a special book there are there are books and then there's one very special book right and if you are looking for history in well if you're looking like if you're looking for history in that book you you've got it all fucked up and what in fact you should be doing is like following this guide that god has helpfully provided to you that dispenses with that type of thing and that um, provides you a set of real, in, in Lewis's sense, commitments and like things to do. You have an instruction manual all laid out for you right here. It's it's called the Bible. And looking to history for truth for him is just like not ever going to work. You're never going to find it. It, it's just like what you're, what are you looking for your car keys and your sock drawer for, my friend? But also like yeah, 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 any right. way of like putting them into conversation is out of the question. So it's not just that like you have to read the thing and that's your truth or that's your history. It's that like it can't be historical because it can't be it can't be earthly historical. Like are you or if you're reading it that way? Because if you're reading it that way, then. You're missing the point of everything. Well, yeah. I mean, have we met? I'm obviously <laughs> missing the point of everything. Oh no, not you. I didn't mean. I wasn't saying you're missing the point of everything. I'm. I'm saying like. <laughs> I'm saying you won. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Lewis is saying that reading that way is just not. You're like basically. You may as well right. not. Re- you may as well not read. Like 
you're gonna actually just fuck yourself up right, right, if right. you start doing that's that. That's just such an awe. It, I just still can't get past this. And again, it's like I know that that I read not good for him, and I fucked it all up. But like, it's just it's it's just the weirdest technology as a relationship to like fucking books then why did he read other books and why did he talk about other books you know so these questions what you're saying here is that these are questions that are hard to solve and that um i should perhaps go to graduate school and um <laughs> and, and be, d- d- think about them real hard for a couple more years if you must is that <laughs> if you must. other books or this one <laughs> oh probably probably not that probably not this one probably not this one well, are we going to play a game? We are going to and play a game. And am I going to download it's- and read the basic writings of Bertrand Russell tonight? I am. I'm going to get the taste <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so a little start might help with this. Uh. <laughs> okay, yes. It's time to play a game. A little game I like to call... Um, Who's the devil now, bitch? <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's you guys um, in this case. Because I think that... So we found that dear nephew Wormwood's strategy did not pan out quite the way that he had hoped, a.k.a. your uncle eating you. (laughs) But you two would never let your uncles eat you or (laughs) any other devils for that matter. Uh, So I know that you would succeed. I know you succeed in this endeavor. So what I'm going to ask you to do is take up the – a, f- a fun role, I think, which is the role of the, the devil on the guy's shoulder. And I'm going to give you some scenarios. And I'd Burn like to know school. how yeah, I you... agree. Burn the school. <laughs> yeah, do it. Ralph Wiggum. There's the sandbox. I'm not allowed to go in the deep end anymore. That's where I met the leprechaun. <laughs> he told me to burn things. <laughs> <laughs> We make it through one episode with no Simpsons references is never going to happen. No. So we got our scenarios. We got the devil that we're, we're, we're trying to inject, inject the devil into this scenario. The devil did in fact trying to inject me do it. Yes, <laughs> and that's a legitimate defense. Okay, so you are a demon, and you're you're trying to tempt this guy who is at Kim Kardashian's covid island party okay and so he's drinking out of some coconuts looking at some i don't know whatever the fuck she had going on there um (laughs) but uh 10 bajillion dollar dj and this guy is drinking um um, one of those big blue fishbowl drinks, you know, oh, that yeah. you get in a restaurant. The, the, the cruise, but spe- like I'm on a cruise yes. special. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you've you've caught him in a quiet moment. What do you do to 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 get him get him for Satan? Wait, he's at Kim Kardashian's COVID party. Isn't he already for Satan? Perhaps your work here is done. <laughs> I know. I, I think that he has answer. already done the thing. I think what he should probably do is go around mouth kissing everybody. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, right. I do feel like my work here is. I, although maybe there's a. Uh, uh, you know, maybe Screw Tape would warn us here about complacency. That yeah, like yeah, at yeah. some point the 
the the idiocy of uh, of the COVID part of the fucking the idiocy of reenacting <laughs> the Mask of the Red Death would like would would <laughs> would overwhelm. So I think like basically we want to we just want to make sure the the glitz and the butts and everything else are like always present in a way that he can't ignore them. So he starts to be like, wait a minute, is the is is the fucking is the devil in red actually going to show up and we're all going to start bleeding out of our pores, right? <laughs> yeah okay so um i I think uh i think i think we've some admirable answers here and i just i do want to say that like you should feel fully empowered to use all of your demon um all of your demon abilities that lewis doesn't necessarily always clarify so like if you want to give him a pair of glasses that lets him see through everyone's clothes that's that's on the table okay if you yeah, yeah, any anything demon magic you get. To, Lewis made it up. You get to too. So well, my um, my version of this, uh, my 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 mental version of this this COVID Kim Kardashian party is no one is actually really wearing clothes. So I don't know that that would be that useful. Oh, right? my mental <laughs> version was the skimpy version of clothes that make them look more naked. Yeah. Oh right, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, but that's good that to know for. Sad. for good to know for the future scenarios that we have these powers yeah you have so you have so many powers okay you're you're gonna want to use your powers in this scenario okay. because you have been assigned well i mean again already already potentially a demon because you you've been assigned to a tenured faculty member who's attending a very fancy dinner party with all sorts of uh small foods that inexplicably have blue cheese in them mm. for some <laughs> reason and um the wine costs very much and and um, isn't isn't exactly that good and you know you've got this guy and and he's just you know kind of kind of sitting at the party and eating the tiny snacks and what do you do what could you throw in his path to to tempt him for satan what would what would really get him what would make your uncle your demon uncle really proud of you well, again, we got to keep him at the tenured faculty party, oh, yeah. right? Like if he if he, if he suddenly is like, wait, what is this fucking feudalist merged with neoliberal system that I am helping to support? I am going to go organize uh, my, my fellow <laughs> tenured faculty and, and uh, you know. Um, yeah, that's exactly so we don't want my do thought that. was like, what if he's just, uh, you know, he's walking around and I whisper in his ear, what if this mm-hmm. is all bullshit? Yes, but that, but then, but then you're see, Megan, you're you are wearing white. You are the angel. You're the good. You're or the good devil or whatever, right, on his other shoulder. And that is what you're saying, <laughs> right? Like I'm thinking more. Like let's just make as pretentious as fucking possible. Like we like okay. So he drinks this expensive wine, and uh, so his he's inspired to say like oh, the best of this varietal is obviously from Languedoc, and that is you know, like, so, you know that that that. that kind of shit or like oh you know she says i source my blue cheese from this region of france where it costs five thousand dollars for a pound you know um just just you know, just one up, like he's trying to one up all of the other tenured assholes there right <laughs> like, oh that's a good ooh. point he should begin every sentence with my book or in my book oh yes yes he now has a verbal Absolutely. tick that every sentence begins with, in my book right he loves it 
Right. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to work with, with the kind of performing of like gross ass class privilege, but also like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. That fucking, you know, like intellectual nonsense, uh, say things to people like, I need you to think harder about X, whatever that person just said. (laughs) (laughs) What you're missing here. Because they don't see, uh, my book, my book as what it is, which is just like walking around this party with your dick hanging out of your pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I think that you are making it what it actually is by giving him a, bo- a little, like a half boner every time he says my yeah. book. <laughs> that little tingly thrill that really puts him in the mood to talk about his book. My second so book. I think between the. <laughs> so between the, um, you know, it's not really champagne unless it comes from and um, his half chub at my book. Uh, I think. I think we've we've got this one on lock. Um, all right, here was the last scenario. You got this guy. This is a tough one. You got this guy, and he's in church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a guy in the pew in front, and he is farting so much. <laughs> he won't stop. And you know it's him, and he's ripping and cutting the most violent – farts that you can possibly imagine so th- but this is so this is just church right like i mean that <laughs> my, my memory of church is the cloud of stale <laughs> fart just perpetually is the anglican church an older religious community yeah oh yes yes you yes exactly yes you 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 solve that riddle there well so i'm going to use my magic powers and i'm going to give myself horrible guess and be like ah sir so a farting contest you want that is what you shall have (laughs) (laughs) well i'm going to go actually a similar direction which is that i am going to it's not actually something that i'm saying to him but something that i'm doing to the congregation at large which is that suddenly Mm. all of the babies in this congregation need a change Uh, and they will all be changed in the seat next to the parent in the pew Oh, and they have that special diarrhea that goes up the back. (laughs) Man, farting farting contest and and neck poop diaper. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, Um, I think I I feel like we did quite well with this. I, I I, I think that we would do good in our dark lord. I agree. I think that we all appreciate like how do you escalate a situation? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> my book, yeah, my I book, mean, my congratu- book. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. You're getting him in the mood. Yeah. I think uh, congratulations. None of you are being eaten today by any demons because they're all in hell, folks. They're all in hell. They're in hell. <laughs> all of them went to hell. <laughs> and um, it might be fun there. So you might have done them a favor. They all went to hell, though. And that's, that's all I got. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> none of us is uh, but none of us has changed our values, and that's what really matters. <laughs> right. We stuck to our, we clung to our utopias. We have. Hey. We have. All right, kids. This has been better than dead. You can find Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger. You can find Katie on Twitter at Katie Crywo. You can find me on Twitter at Tussersaurus. 
You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BetterEdPod and email us at BetterEdPodcast at gmail.com, but only if you can tell us what situations you would escalate as a demon to send somebody down the correct pipeline. (laughs) (laughs) Our intro music is Lev Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission. Our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. Please rate us and review and subscribe. We have stickers and buttons. Coming up, we have our two-part holiday special. Um, It's a Christmas special. Dylan Thomas's A Child's Christmas in Wales and Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. And then we have The Wild Irish Girl on deck after that. Thanks, comrades. 